How much biology do you have left? I have about a third of, you know, a first year's college worth of biology. Um, so another week, I think. This is much slower going than the whole semester of psychology I completed in five days. It's not it's not super cool when the uh, the syllabus like lists things like no major systems in like an animal body and then you're like, oh, but that's like three days worth of work. Wait, what? So they'll like the the syllabus for this test basically like lists certain things that you that they'll test you on, right? And one of the things they'll test you on is like major organ systems. Um, but they list it as like one bullet point, but in reality you're like, oh, the skeletal system, like the immune system, the oh, digestive yes. system, and then it's like it's it's like quite a bit of work. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Do you wish that you could escape into a time loop? What a good segue. I mean, no, but (laughs) because am I like doomed to like repeat the studying of like one subject for many, many moons? I mean, sometimes I feel that way. Yes, but how long am I in this time loop? Until you find a way to escape. Yeah, but okay, well, Welcome to Romcomathon. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat, who does not have to study biology, which is exciting for me. Yes, and this week we're talking about Palm Springs, which I enjoyed very much, but I found the time loop situation very stressful. I also enjoyed it very much. I at first was like, what is happening? And then almost immediately I was like, oh, I like this setup for relationship building. Yes, I... I think I, maybe I did know what it was about. I don't know. Apparently it was in the trailer. I think I either didn't watch the trailer all the way through or watched it and then promptly forgot what happened. But like Matt watched the trailer to see if he was interested in joining me for the viewing. And then basically we began the viewing with him accidentally spoiling me because I had forgotten what it was about. I don't even think I watched the trailer. So when we started watching the movie, we were like, huh. And then as it went on... Like, pretty soon, I think, like, after his first day or, like, during the middle of the first, like, day, I was kind of like, oh, this is a time loop. Yes. I now realize that since this movie is so recent, we maybe should have been, like, spoilers. <laughs> well, we could put that in the description. It's fine. Oh, I guess by the time this airs, it won't be. Um, I, boy, did they fit a lot in this 90-minute film. Yeah, I think it was, like, impressively done. Yes, it moved very quickly into the situation to the point that early on I was kind of like, oh, how does this arc work? And I thought it ended up working out really well. I really like that you pick up in in like the middle of Andy Samberg's time loop situation and not like at his beginning, because that would have been extremely tiresome. Yes, it would have been like a last man on earth situation. <laughs> yeah, or like Groundhog Day, which like, you know, we've seen. <laughs> Yeah, and you just have to, like, watch him suffer for eons before someone else comes into it. I forget Groundhog Day. Well, no one ever comes into it. It's That was one of the things where, like, he has to figure out that he needs to be a better person. Then eventually he, like, manages to, like, become a better person, like, through it. And that's when the loop ends. And he falls in love with his coworker. Should I maybe summarize the plot? Yes, and then we can get into the ethics of romancing someone when you're in a time loop and they're not. Okay, the scene. A small wedding in Palm Springs. Andy Samberg is the boyfriend of a bridesmaid, I think. And Kristen Milioti is the bride's sister, the maid of honor. 
They meet at the reception after he makes like a cheesy speech and saves her from having to make a speech and they're about to hook up when a psycho, J.K. Simmons, attacks him with a bow and arrow. Uh, He crawls into a weird cave and disappears, telling her not to follow him, but she ignores him and when she wakes up the next day, discovers it's the same day again. Turns out Andy Samberg has been stuck in a time loop for an unknown amount of time. And he also at some point sucked J.K. Simmons into it when J.K. Simmons like was hanging out with him and mentioned not wanting the day to end. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, at first Kristen Milioti doesn't believe it and then she does and she's super pissed at Andy Samberg and determined to get out even though according to him he's tried everything and you can't, you just keep waking up on the same morning forever, which admittedly sounds horrible if the place you're trapped is a wedding in Palm Springs. Um... And then eventually she accepts the situation and they just start hanging out all the time, wreaking havoc since nothing matters if the day just repeats itself or at least they think that. Blah, 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 time passes. Obviously they fall in love, which is the first thing either of them has cared about in forever. Andy Samberg because of the time loop, presumably, and Krista Milioti because she seems to have been like kind of a bad person before, or at least like that's how both she and her family describe her, which is a longer conversation. On the morning after they finally sleep together, though, she wakes up again on the same morning and we learn for the first time that for all of these wedding mornings that she's been waking up and barging into Andy Samberg's room to, like, go off on adventures, she was actually waking up after having slept with the groom, Tyler Hecklin, her sister's soon-to-be husband. So she has a long-overdue crisis of conscience, it seems. Um, and gets really weird and doesn't want to talk to Andy Samberg about the fact that they slept together and he obviously has no idea why. And then she kind of runs over J.K. Simmons, which horrifies Andy Samberg because pain is real in the time loop, even if death isn't. There's like a lot going on in this movie. Anyway, then he reveals that he lied and they slept together before in the time loop, even though she doesn't know it because it doesn't exist in her timeline. The next morning when Andy Samberg wakes up, Krista Milioti's disappeared which turns out to be partly because she's driving away every day in the really early morning, determined to find a way out of the time loop. Andy Samberg, meanwhile, learns that his life really sucks without her, figures out about the affair, uh, confronts J.K. Simmons. She also confronts Tyler Hecklin, the groom. There's a lot of confronting. Uh, When she finally comes back to Andy Samberg one morning, she's got good news, sort of, which is that if they blow themselves up at the right place in time in the loop, they can probably escape or possibly die, which is fine, I agree, since they already died like a million times. But Andy Samberg, who's grown more attached to the time loop life since she came into it and is scared to return to reality and consequences and stuff, doesn't want to go. So Kristen Milioti is like, bye girl, I'll be leaving with or without you. She gives an actual maid of honor speech to her sister, finally, and heads off with her dynamite, (laughs) like a cartoon. Obviously, then Andy Samberg comes to his senses and basically airport chases her to the cave vortex thing and reconfesses his love. He confessed it earlier, but, you know, they had time loop stuff to sort out. And she says it back and they escape together. The end. Oh, and then J.K. Simmons, like, finds out it worked in a tag, basically, and maybe he'll also escape. Oh, I I missed the tag. Really? Yeah. Oh, was it post-credits? It must have been post-credits because, or in the middle of the credits or something, we like turned it off. Okay, so basically what happens is, I should maybe service the J.K. Simmons sub story a little bit, which is that like, obviously he was really pissed at Andy Samberg and then he had nothing better to do with his time but hunt Andy Samberg like an animal. 
Um, and then eventually when Kristen Milioti is gone and Andy Samberg's really sad and lonely, he goes to find J.K. Simmons at his home, which turns out to be in Irvine. And he's like, oh, I did not know that J.K. Simmons had this lovely home life, which is tinged with tragedy because he'll never see his children grow up. <laughs> but his life is still, you know, okay. And then the tag is J.K. Simmons is at the wedding and it appears that Kristen Milioti sent him like a note or something letting him know about this possible solution and he goes up to Niles and is saying this to him and Niles who's sorry Andy Samberg who's like dressed in a suit like a normal wedding guest where the whole time he's been in like a Hawaiian shirt basically is like like do I know you like what are you talking about and Jakey Simmons realized that it worked and he's now the only person in the time loop because that's normal Andy Samberg who we had never seen before yes we were discussing, like, after the movie ended, like, we were like, wow, they maybe should have really contacted J.K. Simmons to let him know so he can get out of this time loop. But I see that they did address that. We just, like, missed it. Yeah. So it's nice to know that he, too, can escape. But I have to say, like, when Kristen Milioti was, like, studying all those quantum physics books to figure this out, I was a little envious. Like, but the one thing about this time loop that kind of appealed to me was I was like, God, so much time to learn, so much time to read. But then how would you ever do anything with this knowledge, I guess? Unless it's to get out of the time loop. I mean, one could use a time loop if one could control when one gets out of the time loop. I would very much welcome that. That would make my studying for biology a lot easier. I have like infinite time. I could take like a real course. I, I think that Hermione's experiences with the time turner tell us this is not to be wished for as much as we think. Well, yes, that's perhaps true. Although Hermione had to deal with like, you know, not running into like the past or like future versions of herself existing in that same time. Whereas in a time loop, you wouldn't have that problem. Yes, this is a very, this is different from normal time travel. And I enjoyed like right after it finished parsing out like how exactly this worked. Yes, we did discuss a lot, Alex and I discussed a lot about like the ethics though of being with someone in a time loop when they are not aware? Um, well, in a simplistic way, of course it's wrong, but it's an odd situation because when you say being with someone, I feel like that really implies a relationship, like a 51st dates type of relationship. <laughs> yeah, that was also a little unethical. I don't know. Uh, but this whole movie is, is about do our actions have consequences? Right, right. Like, you totally understand why Kristen Milioti is, like, so upset with him when he finally reveals oh, that course. they hooked up, like, thousands of times in the past. But I don't think it's the fact that they hooked up. I think it's the fact that she asked him if they had and he lied. That's true. But I also think, like, I would also be upset because it's just, it's not like I wasn't, you know, enthusiastically consenting, but it's the fact that... I don't know. I think what we were talking about was more like the fact that once you have gone through this time loop so many times, don't you know exactly what to say to get someone to respond to you? Yeah, I don't know that it would bother me in and of itself because it wasn't me. Like it was, but it wasn't. Sure, but I do think there is an element of manipulation. I guess I'm like, I, I don't find it sleazier than the normal way people get people to sleep with them. 
Right, but if someone that you normally, you know, may never consider sleeping with, but all of a sudden, like, you know, they are approaching you with all this knowledge or all these coincidences or all these things like appeal to you specifically with the end goal of getting you to sleep with them, like, isn't that more manipulative than just normal whatever nonsense they're trying? I guess. I mean, I'm not saying that I, I think this is the most upstanding behavior, but... I, I guess to me, I'm like, the betrayal is that she asked him and he said, no, we've never slept together, which allowed her to feel differently about the situation. Right. I kind of, I mean, it depends on the person, but I feel like if she had known, she might not have minded. Like, it might initially have been like, yikes, but I think the more time one spends in that situation, the more maybe understandable it would feel, at least at the beginning. Like, certainly the way they then get together while both in the time loop remembering what's happening is a very different experience. No, I don't think you're wrong about that. I, I do think if he had revealed at the time that he has slept with her before, I don't know how she would have taken to thousands of times, but... But I also think that, like, when you've been in the time loop for five days or a month or whatever, like, you cannot conceptualize what it is like to have been in the time loop for years. That's true. That's true. I don't think, like, I think it's the idea, or like Alex was talking about, it's the idea that, like, after a while in this time, you stop really seeing... Like, he stopped seeing her as a person. He was seeing her as an objective or as just, a like, a thing. An activity, I think. Which, yeah. to be fair, I think I understand. But I, I think I felt like the time loop was, like, a diorama, almost. And that they were the only three people who were alive. Right. But then when you actually have to take a step back and consider the ethics of that, like... It's like a Westworld thing, right? Right. But they are actually all people responding to you, still. So that's kind of like the interesting thing about the time loop I felt because, you know, even while watching the film itself, like you start to consider the extraneous characters just, yeah, like Westworld robots. It's interesting to think about, though, because like in life, one of the reasons our actions have consequences is because of time. Yes. Like I would say maybe the main reason our actions have consequences is because we have to continue to live with them. And if you are the only person who has to live with the consequences of your actions, because that's what this is about, really, like the other people don't remember what happened, but you do. Right. So like what? And they talk about that at one point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is very interesting. I couldn't say that I would do things differently than Andy Samberg. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, I don't feel like if I were in this situation, I would be a more ethical person or I would think of, because, you know, if you're on repeat for infinity, then like, what are you going to think of like the people you're interacting with in your life who aren't in this time loop? They're going to interact with you in the same way. Yes, it seems like it would quickly grow dull. And it's unfortunate that it's only one day because you can't like travel. Yes, I mean, apparently you could drive all the way to Austin, Texas, uh, before you you die of exhaustion. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what did he say? He made it to like Andy Samberg says at one point he made it to Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, but but that's not like a fun trip. No, like you're basically limited to. I really was like, in a way, this movie is very timely because it's not unlike quarantine. <laughs> You're like, few activities are available to you and you wake up in the same place every day. But it seemed that many more activities in Palm Springs than I had expected. Of course, they never seemed to go into like bougie Palm Springs. They were only in like dive bar Joshua Tree Palm Springs. I don't know that much about Palm Springs, but I will say it's an incredibly beautiful place, but a place I would not like to be trapped. 
Yeah, there's a pretty good ice cream shop. Um, but regardless of where you're trapped, my big thought was once Kristen Milioti got tucked in, I was like, oh, this seems, if you like the person, significantly more fun with another person. Because there was like a little montage where they were like driving places, flying places, doing all the stuff that you would do if you were like, death doesn't matter. Yes, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it when they hijacked the plane and then realized they couldn't actually fly it and then died. But it didn't matter. No. I mean, like, wouldn't you just do nonsense? I don't know if I would do as much nonsense considering the fact that pain is still real. True. But some of these activities like that plane crash, they were they were sure to die. That's true. I suppose what I what you'd do is I mean, I don't know if you can find enough time in a day to do this, but theoretically you could like stockpile cyanide or something like that in case you end up in a painful situation. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I would have they didn't really go over this, but like I feel like I would have had a really hard time killing myself at first. You know what I mean? Because there's still that like psychological I don't know, barrier to like the thought of, you know, driving yourself in front of a truck. Whereas Kristen Milioti had no problems being like, yup, gonna just do it. Yes. I mean, it ceases to mean something to them. I think that when you live a normal life, not in a time loop, there is like a biological, like your body doesn't want to die. Right. I But I do feel like, like the very first one, I feel like there would have been more hesitation. Although Kristen Milioti, you know, seems to me as a person who has contemplated suicide before. So I don't know that that's true. I would say I assume that the first time Andy Samberg tried to die, assuming it was deliberate and not some kind of freak accident that he got himself into care of J.K. Simmons or whatever. Because I don't know how long he was in the time loop before J.K. Simmons got in. I assume that the first time it happened to Andy Samberg, he was, like, really keen to get out. So under those circumstances, I don't know if you'd have as much hesitation. That's true, I guess. I feel like there's still an element of, like, base fear, though, right? I don't know. I would think. Because the first time he did it, right, no one was in the loop with him. Like, J.K. Simmons wasn't there, Kristen Milioti wasn't there, so it's not like he knew necessarily that he was going to come back unless he did have a freak accident previous to it. True. I mean, I don't know. I think that, like, if everything feels meaningless and you want to escape it, but you're right that probably physically there's... Yeah. Well, that's true. You bring up a good... Depends what he tried, to. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Like, how long was he in this time loop before he actually tried to actively die you know yes like i don't care what happens to me exactly get out of this exactly like anything is better than this you know that seems very plausible yeah um but the thing i was gonna say about like you know to bring us onto a more cheerful note the thing i was gonna say about them having fun together is when they kind of got to a place where they finally were like should we just get it over with and start having sex i was like to be honest this seems like an ideal use of time like a very helpful way to pass time when so few activities are available to you that's true like just geographically i feel like eventually you run out of like food trucks to go to (laughs) Or, like, things to do, like, I don't know, rifles to shoot. You're like, I gotta hope that they've got a library app on their phone or something. I did find it funny that, like, Palm Springs was the hateful time loop, and then when we discovered that J.K. Simmons has a home in Irvine, he was like, you gotta find your Irvine. Is Irvine the dream? I think, I mean, I think that's the joke, that Irvine is not the dream, but it's the dream for J.K. Simmons because he made peace with it. I haven't been to Irvine. Have you? Um, yeah, I've been 
to Irvine, but like only to the outskirts of Irvine. Like it's not, it's not great. Was that the place that had that? It has many desserts. I was wondering if it was the place that had that PTA mom who got like framed for drug possession by these other people at her school. Oh, that might have been it. I don't remember. That was a very interesting series of articles, if it was. Yeah. But I, I think that was the joke that, you know, Irvine was... Fair enough. But I was like, wow, what a drive from Irvine to Palm Springs every day to kill Andy Samberg. Yeah, seriously. How far is it? It's several hours, no? Yeah, I would think it's like maybe like three hours, which is how far like Palm Springs is or two and a half hours. Palm Springs is like two and a half hours from LA, so... But to be fair, maybe time doesn't matter to you anymore. That's true. Although you only have you only have so many hours before it resets. I know, but if I had endless time in the day, I don't think I would mind. But also, he only has to drive one way. Yeah, that's true. Drive there, shoot Andy Samberg, or hunt Andy Samberg with whatever weapons are available to you, then hop right back in the cave or kill yourself. Yeah. Or just wait. Or just go to sleep. Or just go to sleep. That's true. Um, I did really enjoy when Andy Samberg was like, would you kill me one last time? And they did it with his body like in a recycling bin. Yes. I was like, this is clever. Yes. And efficient. Overall, I had a good time. Like, I enjoyed the film very much. There wasn't as much like, there weren't as many good one-liners or jokes as I had kind there of- There were a few, but not a million. Yeah, like that I had like kind of gone in expecting. But overall, I thought it was kind of a more thought-provoking film than I had thought it would be. It was a way more interesting and emotional movie than I anticipated. Yes, I actually didn't have- And stressful. Yeah, I didn't actually have like a ton of feelings about them. But I, I did really enjoy that the time we did spend with them. Like the whole montage of them like hanging out and like singing and doing stuff. It was very fun. I had some feelings. I think I had more feelings about the situation. Like, I really liked when... Well, first of all, I liked that, as we often complain about other movies not doing this, they had plenty of time, clearly, to get to know each other. Yes. And I loved when they eventually got philosophical. Maybe they were on shrooms. And... Kristen Milioti started to talk about like the past and the future and do you need to know somebody's past to know them or is it just the future that matters and Kristen Milioti who hasn't been in the loop as long yet like can't really let go of who she was and then she does but then it kind of falls back in on her I just was like this bizarre situation was like a great vehicle for real emotions and concepts right because like what are the you know what does matter when you are stuck in a meaningless time loop Um, And I did enjoy when they eventually caught feelings and I was like, oh, this is like obviously the first thing Andy Samberg has cared about in forever. Yeah, I I really liked the this whole setup because like you said, like they actually did get to know each other as people. You're like, oh, then falling in love makes total sense. I mean, first of all, who else is here? (laughs) Yes, like J.K. Simmons, like, okay, but he's married. God. But Although I guess he could have an affair meaninglessly. What does marriage mean in this time? That's true. Like, you're supposed to go through stuff together, but he's going through everything alone forever. Yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Um, here's a question. Where do you think they wake up the next morning? After they finally escape. Because clearly it's the next day, and then they were still in Palm Springs, I guess, and then they were like, okay, like, I guess we'll... But, like, did they go... Oh, obviously they didn't go to sleep. Like, where do you think they woke up after the blast? Either in the cave or back in their beds. 
But what bed? Was she in her actual room this time and not in the groups? Maybe. That's true. We actually, we don't know. Do they wake up together separately? Yeah, we don't know on like a normal timeline, like where they would have woken up. Because she had a room, but he was sharing a room with uh, his girlfriend, who, by the way, is incredible. (laughs) Yes. She's so funny. She's so wonderfully dumb. I enjoyed her very much. Yes, I also enjoyed uh, Chris Pang's appearance. Yes, yes. Oh my god, I couldn't place him. With his, like, weird, like, I don't know, southern accent, cowboy accent? Like, I just don't know what was happening. I thought he was, like, Australian or something. I mean, he is Australian, but I was, like, I, I didn't, he didn't, like, speak, like, lengthily enough for a period of time, so I, I always, like, heard, like, a southern accent, but that may have also been the cowboy hat that he was wearing. I think he was just being himself, but I could be wrong, like, because I, I was, like, is he Australian? And I didn't know who the actor was, so okay, probably. Okay. That's possible. Oh, so I, speaking of people, obviously I knew who Kristen Milioti was from How I Met Your Mother and maybe other things, but Matt had no idea who she was and he, regarding her face, said she was a Tim Burton dream. Because <laughs> her eyes are huge. Yes. And I was like, you are correct. She, like Christina Ricci, although in a slightly different way, has the look of a haunted doll. <laughs> Christina Ricci looks more like a haunted doll, though. These are both, to be fair, very beautiful people, but beautiful people that belong in a closet in a B&B. I, I have to say, though, like, in a haunted doll off, Christina Ricci still takes the haunted doll crown. <laughs> well, Christina Ricci is like a porcelain haunted doll, whereas Kristen Milioti would more be like a haunted rag doll, maybe. Yeah, no, you are 100% spot on. <laughs> stitches across her face you know yes yes like way creepier with like massive eyes <laughs> anyway so you'd enjoy that i do enjoy that he is 100 percent correct i like her face despite like the oh i like her face very much yeah of it all but yes <laughs> okay so i had a question about so kristen miliotti i misunderstood at first and didn't realize that she had always been sleeping with the groom for a second i was like they're having sex her and andy samberg messed up the time loop and now they've woken up in a different day oh no 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 i uh heard the shower running like matt no i assumed that was what happened the very first time when she was like i just have to be an ethical person and get out of this and she whispers to her sister a secret when her sister's up at the altar And you don't know what it is, but that's what I assumed. Well, once I knew that it had always been the same morning, I was like, oh, that's clearly what she told her sister. But I at first thought that they had both ended up in like a different day, um, possibly in different timelines. And was like, well, this movie has gotten very confusing. But Matt was like, no, I always wondered who was there because I heard the shower running. Oh, no. I didn't know she woke up with him, but I was like, oh, is she sleeping with the groom? And then... It just didn't occur to me. Well, because she was she was so, like, she, she was going through so much, like, self-flagellation that I was like, she did something really shitty. Oh, interesting. I thought at the beginning that she was just really down on love. No, she clearly hated herself. Um, I thought she just hated being at the wedding, but... So, here's the question. I guess we don't know. Do you think that it was just that time, or had they always been sleeping together? I think it was just that once, because once she confronted him about it, he was, like, crying. Oh, yes, he seemed very upset. So, which which seems like it was more, like, like a accidental sort of situation, or, like, not accidental, but, like, a one-time situation, yeah. rather than an ongoing affair. 
Also, the way she talks to him during that final maid of honor speech makes it seem like their relationship is salvageable and he's redeemable, which would be less true if he had been having an ongoing affair with her sister. Yeah, I mean, the whole situation is still terrible and super fucked up, but like, okay. I did enjoy, though, when she confronted him and he was weeping in the shower, how he was like, I'm a cheating blah, 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 like my dad. That made me laugh. Um, oh, I also wondered, is Tala her half-sister? Yes, I think so, because she's much younger. Because Misty's pretty young, the girlfriend. And also, uh, early on, regarding the mom who is married to Sandy, whose real name I can't Peter remember. Peter Gallagher. There you go. <laughs> um, she was like, stepmom. And Tala never says anything like that, and they say, like, parents of the bride. Yeah, so I think I think it's like, you know, Sandy Cohen got remarried. They also seem to have, like, a third brother who is younger, right? Yes, they have a much younger brother because the sister, like, is such a good person. She, like, donated her bone <laughs> marrow to save his life or whatever. I did enjoy that, like, Tala both was a good person and also comedically an annoyingly good person. Yes. Um, scenes and lines we enjoyed? Yeah, I didn't write, like, too much down because overall the quality of the movie was very good, but also there wasn't, like, it wasn't so much, like, you know, I'm having, like, this is a laugh riot sort of situation. I think my favorite thing is when Andy Samberg is telling Kristen Milioti about, like, all the shit he's done in the time loop, and his first thing was, like, trying to seduce her sister, and, like, him cutting in at the first dance, and him being like, is this a deal breaker? And then admitting afterwards, it was a big swing. <laughs> it's good to know that that at least did not work. Yes, but I also was like, this was, like, the funniest thing to me for some reason. I was like... This is hilarious. My favorite scene might have been, although I decided this very early and then had to stick to my guns, was when they walk into that bar, like, dressed in costume and do, like, a dance routine. Oh, yes. I think that would be my second favorite scene. I don't know why it was so funny. They were having such a great time as actors and characters. I just loved it. I think my favorite line was at the very beginning when Andy Samberg is giving that toast, which we later realize he's given a million times so knows exactly what to do. And he says of Tala and Tyler Hecklin, so-and-so and so-and-so who do not look like siblings. Oh, yes. And then it pans over and you're like, oh, they do. <laughs> it was so funny to me. I was like, these people are clearly like plucked from the same like Wonder Woman pantheon. Yes. They do look alike. Oh, we did not talk about this, but do you think Nana was also in a time loop? I don't know. What does Nana know? Exactly, right? Because Nana says, Nana only has like two lines, but she says in the first one, I've heard, I've been to a lot of weddings in my life. And like, you know, this was the best wedding speech. And then like at the end, she says something to Krista Miliotti and you're like, is Nana also in a time loop? I think Nana was just wise, but I'm honestly not sure. I would love to know. Um, let's see. In touching things, there's a running thing with Kristen Milioti having been gifted some terrible smelling hair mist by her sister. And Andy Samberg clocks it early on. And then it's how he figures out about her affair when she's vanished and like attacks the groom. But there's a nice moment with her sister at the end after she gives the truly lovely speech about like wanting to be a better person and how much she loves her sister. And then Tala goes, you smell so good. And that just cracked me up. I know. I thought that was cute and sweet. Um, oh, I also liked one of the initial Kristen Milioti resets where she has not yet sort of gotten her feet under her in the time loop. And she's like 
hysterically messing things up and her sister like slips by the pool I think and knocks her teeth out and then everyone's in chaos and Peter Gallagher goes is like trying to save the day and he goes this dentist glues teeth (laughs) I I enjoyed that I will also say the denouement with them confessing their love is it at the very end before the cave? Where- yes, yes, where he's trying to make it all one sentence because she's like, you only have one sentence and he's using like various grammatical structures to try to get it to fit. It was good. <laughs> yes, I was like, this is a pretty good scene. Like it was not cringy. It was funny. It was emotional. I also loved when he was like emphatic period and she goes, it's an exclamation point. And he says, I don't want to seem desperate. Yes, I did like that. Anyway. A lovely, super weird movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so POC count? Uh, not a lot. There was his black friend who's in the pool. Yep. Who might be someone that whose name I don't know. Who he hooks up with in one of the timelines. Yes, I enjoyed that. He's very attractive. Yeah. And I described this person as Coke guy who fucks Andy Samber's girlfriend, parentheses, looks familiar. Chris Pang. Yep. Um, DJ? Oh, I didn't clock that. Maybe another guest. Yeah, the unfortunate thing about this film was that even though it was a 2020 film and, you know, we've seen, like, rom-coms do much better in recent times, this was a pretty white film, and I think that could have been a lot better. Yeah, it was tough because... Well, I mean, this is the heart of the problem. Like, when you cast white leads and then the whole movie is centered around, like, their family, of course... And we didn't spend, like, any time with other people. But you mean, like, Misty or... Yeah, but also it would have been really simple for them to actually have made Krista Miliotti's family mixed or something. You know, they could have made her sister, like, half black. They could have made her, you know, like, whatever they were going to do. Like, they could have easily done that and then cast more people of color as guests or, you know, whatnot. Like, what kind of situation are these two white people in 2020 getting married in and they have, like, one black friend? Like, what is happening? Did they meet at a KKK rally? Uh, sadly, I think without meeting at a KKK rally, it's still pretty realistic. Yes, but I still, you know, like, I think, like, movies have been doing a lot better and, like, that would have been a nice touch. I agree that there are ways they could have adjusted, like, side characters, but I feel like the bigger issue always is that they wanted Andy Samberg and they wanted Kristen Milioti and they wanted J.K. Simmons and all those people are white because that's still where we are. Yeah, I don't think that's, like, the most... I don't know. I mean, obviously that's a, that's an issue, but I was like, obviously we're watching a rom-com. So obviously the two leads are white, you know? So I didn't like come into it feeling that way, but I did feel like, oh, like on a whole, this is a very white film and that sucks. Yeah. I guess I'm just like, I tire of funny people of color as just the backdrop all the time, (laughs) even if they do get to be bigger characters. Yeah. 100%. Um, score. I rank this pretty high, like a like an eight or nine. Yeah, I think I was kind of like maybe an eight. eight we could even say I could go a little higher, eight and a half, maybe. Yeah, I think eight and a half is pretty good. Eight and a half time vortexes. Uh, eight and a half out of ten. J.K. Simmons stalking Annie Samberg with bow and arrows, which seems like a very very painful way to die, but okay. <laughs> eight and a half troublingly ethical affairs that may or may not involve time travel. Mm, mm-hmm. Eight and a half. Krista Miliotti, like, psychotically hitting J.K. Simmons with her car. No, with a trooper's car. Yes, it was so interesting because I was like, oh, a new person that we haven't seen. 
But segue, by the way, when that happens, when she, so this whole scene happens, they literally get pulled over by J.K. Simmons pretending to be a trooper. And she like steals the troop, like the cop car and like runs them over. And then another actual cop shows up on the scene. And I was like, wow, this is like the definition of like white privilege in terms of cops because she literally just ran like a cop over and she's still alive. I would be interested in the Palm Springs demographics. I mean, they're, they obviously don't live in Palm Springs. I think she lives in Texas. I don't know how far they traveled for this wedding, but I did wonder that when I was thinking, when I was looking at the paltry POC count. Anyway, when we were watching that scene, I was like, I was like, mind blown. Why aren't they dead already? Yes. I mean, in that moment, I feel like they, they would have liked to be shot by the cops. But since we are not in a time loop. Um, Yeah. Had a good time. Would recommend a watch. Yes. In conclusion, if you'd like to enjoy eight and a half out of ten dentists who glue teeth in a tight 90 minutes, watch this movie. (laughs) You were really keeping an eye on the clock. I, it's just very exciting to me. I feel like there was a period of time in our lives where I just felt like movies that people enjoyed were getting longer and longer. Like, Movies used to be, I feel, like two hours, maybe less. And then there was a period of time where all movies were like two and a half hours. And then every once in a while you would see a movie and it would be like three and a half hours. Yeah, but it would inevitably be something like really boring, like interstellar. (laughs) But especially with Oscar bait movies, which to be fair is nothing that we ever watch for this podcast. Although maybe it should be. You're just like, soon films will be the entire day. Like, I can't live this way. So it's nice to see people making newer movies that are brief. But also, I am known for my hatred of sitting to watch movies. Yes, like, I I must point out that Kat, (laughs) frankly, doesn't like films, so... Which I feel like might be clear from how much I talk about the length of movies on this podcast, but also listeners may not know this because we have a movie podcast. Yes. So I must point out, it's not like you don't enjoy the movies while you're watching them or have a good time. It's Well, just... sometimes that's true, though. I enjoy few movies might be accurate. Yes. Yes. But mainly because they are long, not because of the quality of the movie. I also struggle with HBO length television shows. Sometimes it's the quality of the movie. Well, for this podcast, certainly sometimes it's the quality of the movie. (laughs) Although now that we are choosing things and not going off that list of like things that we had dredged up from searching IMDb categories, it's better. Yeah. (sighs) Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please check us out on our social media and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at, at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.